Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 68. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. And today we're going to continue the arc of the Planeswalker with a bow lever pirate deck. Now hit our theme song! Ahoy, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Hold <laughs> on, is going down. I was trying so hard to make that into a pirate thing, but I didn't want to sound like a st- Irish pirate like you. <laughs> <laughs> Where the pirate pirates could be Irish. I don't know how to do a pirate accent. I can only do like one accent and it's Eastern European and I'm not going to do it here because <laughs> we might have people listening to East in Eastern Europe and I don't want to be that guy. Moral of the story is lots going down this week. We're going to do our second tribal deck in the arc of the Planeswalker. This isn't a tribal arc. It just so happens that Bo Lever is a pirate and pirates are awesome. So we're going to do a pirate deck. Yeah, to that effect. Are slivers really tribal, or is it slivers? I think slivers might be their own thing. Yeah, it's like saying, I'm doing counterspell tribal. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Everybody hates slivers as much as counterspells is where I'm going with that. Of course they do. All y'all got to toughen up. Yeah, so speaking of tough, put your knife in your mouth, hold it in your butt crack, do whatever you do with your knife as you're swinging over (laughs) into somebody else's boat to steal their shit. Uh, I looked at Admiral Beckett Brass, that's the commander for today, on EDHRECT.com, and less than 300 lists. What? And then I compared to, like, Gishath, Sun's Avatar, same set, dinosaurs. Like, twice as popular, way more popular. I think, did pirates, did did we miss the boat on pirates? Oh, you are the worst. Oh, I know. Um, I think we all missed the boat on pirates, though. Were we all so hard on dinosaurs that we just... Dinosaurs are awesome. Agreed. Okay. Let's just let's just get that out of the way. Pirates are really cool, and they're pirates and stuff. But dinosaurs are dinosaurs, and everybody loves dinosaurs. I suppose. Yeah, that's just that's a fact. So we mentioned Admiral Beckett Brass. Let's give her a read. Give her the CCO read. Admiral Beckett Brass is a three three four blue black red one. Other pirates get plus one plus one at the beginning of your end step. Gain control of target non-land permanent controlled by a player that was dealt da- dealt combat damage by three or more pirates this turn. And she's a human pirate. And she herself is a pirate. She's kind of old. She looks kind of old and tubby to be a pirate. She looks like my grandma. I don't want to body shame anybody, but if you're going to be a pirate and you're going to swing on ropes with a knife in your teeth and you're going to tell people to swab your poop deck. I don't think you should be a big, fat old person. They're the people that hang out at the pirate lair and just count the money. They're not the ones that are on the boat, like, stealing shit. I'm thinking two things, actually. I'm thinking either they... I'm thinking three things. I just thought of a third thing. The thing I just thought of, they better have some big, strong rope to swing over with. Because (laughs) she's going to swing over, and she's going to smash into the side of their boat and create that giant hole like the one that's directly behind her in the art. Admiral Beckett Brass Wrecking Ball. Whoa! (laughs) Admiral has a huge brass ball. (laughs) The second thing is maybe... This is the third thing. The second thing was the huge hole that she created when she hit the boat. The third thing is maybe the pirates that swing over are the three pirates in her like text box that hit you, and then she comes over when all the dirty work's done and just take something. I think that's what she does. I like that, yeah. Cool. Yes, both mechanically and flavorfully. I think she's a win. I, I like her. I think she's a win as well. I just think that the art might be depicting not somebody who I would picture as being a typical pirate. 
Well, like, we don't do the typical thing on CCO podcast. Very true. Very true. Admiral Beckett Brass, you're our kind of pirate. Is she the only legendary pirate? Is she the only pirate you could have picked? Uh, no, Ramirez de Petro from Legends is also a pirate, but she's like $7 trillion and doesn't have red. She's just blue-black? Yeah. What a piece of crap. Yeah. And you didn't even put her in the deck for, for funsies? Is she terrible? She's terrible, isn't she? Uh, Let's look. Ramirez de Petro, which has much better art, is a 4-3 for blue, black, black, three. I love those Legends mana costs. Eh? Yeah. And uh, she has first strike. Let's just do a comparison here. Are they wearing the same clothes? I'm going to say yes. It's close. I'm going to say close enough that that was definitely done on purpose. Yeah, I think that you might be right. I think that Admiral Beckett Brass might have different size feet, so they got different boots on. But yeah, that's yeah, the thing. It's very close. I, I dig that. That's some. It's an Easter egg. It's a flavor Easter egg, is what that is. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Okay, should we start taking care of business? Business should be taken care of, and then we will pillage the booty, as it were. <laughs> Do not Google. <laughs> Social media coordinates. Where can CCO Nation find us? They can find us at CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can find this week's list, last last week's list, and any other list that we're going to do throughout the course of the show. They can get in, they can get in touch with us. We are commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send love suggestions. Love suggestions? Why not? Hate suggestions? Show notes? No nudes? Pirate nudes. I don't know. I, I don't know what that is. I I do know what that is, and we don't want anything about. There's a lot of hook hands, peg <laughs> legs. Let's just stick with the tasteful planeswalker nudes, okay? We're also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, YouTube, Patreon, EDHREC.com. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Flipside Gaming, where you can still use promo code CCOFU to get 10% off store-wide. And the official, official home of Commander Cookout Podcast, CommanderCookout.com. Dot cam. Dot cam. Yeah. Go there. We are working on setting up some additional content. Of course, when we hit our 70th patron, we're going to release that. Brando actually had a really good idea for a article series, let's call it. Um, to supplement the show, actually to supplement some of the other additional content, maybe something like a CCO-style set review show. Maybe. Once every three months. So that could be a thing. If you're into that, let us know. Uh, if you have any suggestions, let us know. And thank you to anybody who wrote in offering to help. Yes, I we, we do really appreciate that because we are writers-ish sometimes. But well, you having... are, and I, I think I have a lot to say, so... Between the two of us, I'm sure we'll be able to come up and or ask people to come up with stuff. Yeah, but by all means, if you're interested in contributing, send us a line. We'll 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 see what we can do. I'm not sure if that's going to be a thing right away, but knowing that people want to be a part of the community and want to share a platform with us, that's pretty cool. Shoutouts? Shoutouts. First shoutout, the Wedge of the Mana Source auction GoFundMe auction. Did I call it the right thing? Uh, yes. I used all the right words. Correct. Big shout out to John Vogel. He's the winner. Congratulations, John Vogel. He won both the signed Atraxa from Atraxable in GP Vegas and the hand-drawn at Psychosebi Atraxa token. Also signed. Oh, yeah, the back is signed. Yeah, I forgot we... that. I only ever looked at the front because it's got <laughs> boobs on it. Not safe for work. 
but very cool still. Safe for John Vogel. Absolutely. For sure. Those went out in the mail today, so good up on him, and he sent me a, a screenshot of his receipt for donating the winning amount to Wedge from the Manosaurus. Excellent. Very awesome. Um, speaking of that, at Skuma Alters, actually at Skuma on Twitter, he got Twitter, I think because I told him to. Really? I'm oh, influencing the community. Right? We have a pink series soul ring. First in Jay Sage from Skuma Alters. Check him out on Facebook. Link in the show notes. Soul ring up for auction. It's finishing actually the night that this podcast goes live. We actually mean that this week, not like last week where we had to release the show a little bit late. Oh, I actually still did it the same night. It was the next morning, but I called the auction, released the show. Everything went up the same night. Air quotes. Cool. Yeah, so head over to our Facebook page. All the details are there. Remember, if you share or bid, you're automatically entered into our Ark of Planeswalker giveaway for Rowan and Ken... No, what are their names? Will and Rowan Kenrith. Will and Rowan Kenrith. Alternate art, pre-release promos. Battle-tested, battle-approved. Oh, yeah, undefeated. Now, you can win those. All the details on the Facebook page. All you have to do, like, share our page, follow us on Twitter, and tag a friend. Or check us out on Podomatic.com and help us take down the scrapbooking ladies. Oh, yeah. Of course, patrons always get their free entries as a result of their patronosity as well. So, moving on. Dan Krause, shout out. Dan Klaus. I feel like we've talked about him before. We have, and we met him in GP Vegas. Now he's a patron. That's awesome. Funny nickname. We looked him up on Twitter, and he has like an epic mustache, doesn't he? Is he the mustache guy? Yeah, he follows us on Twitter with his giant mustache. <laughs> him and his mustache follow us on Twitter? I wonder if his mustache has its own Twitter account. If it doesn't, it should. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mustache, Dan Kraus? Dan the Mustache Kraus. Oh, I like that. It sounds like a hitman name. Or a Dick Tracy villain. Hey, Dick Tracy villains are cool, man. That I know that you don't remember that, but they're fucking cool. Listen, lots of things were swirling in my mind when we were talking about dick and mustache. and. Don't Google that. Oh. Dan the Mustache Krause. Got it. Yeah, we're going we're with it. We're leaving it there. Next one. Shout out to Jagadish Ganasagaran. Butchered it. <laughs> Not calling you Jag. I already told you this. Yes. Did he suggest that, or did he say, please don't call me that? No, I said people probably already call you Jag for short, and because it's f funny nicknames are in order, we got to come up with something better than just Jag. He sounds like a Godzilla villain. Dude, Jagadish is an Indian name, not a Japanese name. If he was a Japanese guy, I couldn't make that joke, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Jagadish, Godzilla bad guy? Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got there. And funny nicknames are getting harder and harder to come up with. Yeah, people just, they're either coming in with names that are really hard to rhyme with stuff, make dirty jokes about, or... Could just call him Gunner. I'm getting the look. Shut up, Ryan. Jagadish, Godzilla bad guy. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Anything else before we move on? With all the build up to Vegas, we haven't talked about this in a while, have you been brewing anything new? I've had a, a really hard time like getting back into the thing. I spent so much time tuning for Vegas. I haven't really brewed anything new. What about you? I, yeah, actually, with M19 coming out, I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm kind of torn in three. I really like Vivictus Asmati the Dyer. He's the Jund Elder Dragon. When he attacks, each player sacrifices a permanent that, that I choose, 
and then we chaos warp. We reveal the top. If it's a permanent, it goes onto the battlefield. I want to make a Vivictus Asmati Jund land destruction control deck, and I kind of want to put in like it's a little bit of a non-bow, but like World Gorger Dragon combo, so I can get a World Gorger into my graveyard and then flip over like uh, Animate Dead with Vivictus Asmati and like. Miri's Guile or Sensei's Divining Top or something. But I'm torn if I do that because I there's so many land destruction spells that maybe I want to make it like Shattergang Brothers and just go pure like control stacks land destruction. That sounds horrible. Right? I am a piece of shit. Yeah. I fully admit that. But I'm on a quest to build like better decks. I think I'm on the opposite quest where I'm trying to build that bear guy from M19. Yeah, I think I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So excellent. The bear guy from M19, he makes your big creatures cost less? He makes things that cost four cost two less. So things that cost four cost two. Yeah. He makes them into bears. Everybody's like all soft on him. Like, oh, he's not a bear, blah, 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 blah. He makes four fours into bears. Yeah. No, he makes four casting cost guys into bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. He makes four casting cost guys into bears. And like we talked about last week, look at your favorite EDH deck at all the things that cost four. We talked about that last week? Yeah. And then it, before we talked about Void. Oh, yeah, that's void right. Void on four, you're going to get all their good stuff. About Void. I kind of want to put it in this deck I'm building. Here's the thing. For five mana or whatever Void costs, everybody's like, oh, yeah, it only gets whatever. No, it always gets what you want it to get. And then everything else it gets is just a bonus. Yeah. I think that's fine. Any Any spell that kills the thing you want it to kill just plus a bunch of tertiary crap? What's bad about that? Yep. Answer, nothing. And it's got a mech suit on it. I With, wonder if Bo Lever's in that mech suit. No, he wouldn't be. No. Doesn't matter. We no. should talk about Bo Lever. We probably should. The story of Bo Lever in two minutes or less. Ryan? Bo Lever, before he was a planeswalker, lived on Dominaria. Kind of the same age as Urza, roughly. He's from Yodia. Yotia. It was a place in Teresia. Makes his money, kind of, by being a pirate. He's a pirate. Okay. One night, after he comes home from knocking up bitches. Yeah. And knocking out dudes. I like that too. Yeah, yeah. He finds a baby. A baby. Apparently, it's his baby from some bitch he knocked up. Ooh. Not good, Bolever. Or Captain Crucius, is what his name was. He tries to give the baby back. But the people that said, nope, this is your baby, didn't own up to it. So he screwed off and went to Krug, also on Teresier. That's where Urza lived. His daughter grows up. He loves her. She gets sick. By this time, he gave up the pirate life to make a better family. Aw, he's a nice guy. Yeah, good guy, right? Daughter gets sick, can't heal her, starts building a boat to sail off into different continents to try and find healers for her. Super rich, builds a super nice, awesome sailing boat. All of a sudden, Mishra sacks Krug and all of his funding sources, all of the people that gave him money to build boats from all the businesses that he owns, couldn't pay for any more boats to be built. And he couldn't make any money to do his sailing thing for the healer, so he had to take a job sailing troops and soldiers between Teresier proper and Argoth. He lost money, he got broke, He's finally screwing off. Silex Blast blows up Argoth. 
destroys his boat because he's only a mile offshore. Everybody dies. He ascends to be a planeswalker. It's not a bad trade-off. No. I'm going to go a little bit over two minutes because that's not quite the end. Fast forward like 4,000 years. Because <laughs> we can do that. He's one of Urza's nine titans. He saves Dominaria and completes the quest to destroy Phyrexia after Urza kind of goes crazy, like Windgrace did. And right before Yogmoth, who now is on Dominaria instead of Phyrexia, because Phyrexia just ate a bunch of shit, casts a spell, giving up his Planeswalker spark and essence entirely to save a bunch of merfolk that he came to be super friends with because he was a pirate. Then he died. Nice. Yeah, super sad story. And it seems a little bit anticlimactic because it's like, oh, he gave up his life trying to like make his daughter not be sick. And he ended up being a planeswalker and had to live forever after his daughter died. And then he's trying to save the world and it just ends up going all to shit. And he has to sacrifice himself to save a bunch of merfolk. Huh. Super tragic. It's the little things. I suppose. Good on you, Bow Lever. And good on us for taking that tragic story and turn it into a sweet-ass pirate deck. That sounds like time to do a list. Let's do the list. Quick hits. Creatures. Quick, creatures. Let's start with... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. Everything except for three things is a pirate. Wow. We're going to do the pirates and we're going to do the three things after. For the record, we talked about this before the show. Let's just get this out of the way. There's not just pirates in Ixalan block. There were pirates from back in the day. All the Mercadian oh, yeah. guys were upgraded, if you will, the to Suprazans being pirates. The Suprazans or whatever they're called, right? Yeah, like they were always pirates, but they weren't called pirates. I'm assuming that was to like take them out of the real world and make them more fantasy. Yeah, but with the grand creature type update in 8th edition, I think, when they gave everybody a type and a class, they errated like a bunch of guys to have pirates. There's like 86 pirates. There's lots of them. So that's, that's lots of pirates, and we have a selection of them here, starting with Angrath's Marauders. Okay, this is how we're going to do it. Seven mana, four, four, doubles all damage pirate. Nice. That's the that's the tempo. How about Captain Lannery Storm? Legendary pirate. Two, two, for three, haste. When she attacks, get a treasure. Whenever you sacrifice treasure, she gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. Treasure is artifact, tap, sack, get a man of any color. Captivating crew. Four, three for four, pay four, steal a guy. Till end of turn, he gains haste. Daring saboteur. Two, one for two, pay three, can't be blocked. Really good with Admiral Becca Brass. When it hits you, draw a card, discard a card. Deadeye plunderers. Three, three for five, plus one for each artifact you control, pay four, create a treasure. He gets bigger for how much booty he's got. That's awesome. I love booty. And treasure. Don't we all? And getting big. Don't Google that. Deadeye Quartermaster. Enters the battlefield. 2-2 two, two for 4. When it enters the battlefield, search for an equipment or a vehicle. I wonder what kind of vehicles we'd have in a pirate deck. Moving on. Deadeye Tracker. Another Deadeye. Three Deadeyes in a row. 1-1 one, one for 1. Black, 1 tap. Exile 2 cards from opponent's graveyard. Play your graveyard. Hate kids. Then he explores. And an explorer is reveal the top card of your library. Put it into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise... Put a plus one, plus one counter on him, and then put the card back on top or into your graveyard. It's kind of like scry to your graveyard. Explorer's really good. I think that it's actually good, especially in a deck that has any sort of dedicated graveyard shenaniganery. Dire Fleet Captain. Ooh, two, two for two. Whenever Dire Fleet Captain attacks, it gets plus one for each attacking other attacking pirate. He's, he's Goblin Pirate Driver. <laughs> he's a pile driver pirate. <laughs> I like that. 
How about a Dire Fleet Daredevil? Ooh, 2 1 first strike for two. When he enters the battlefield, you exile an instant or sorcery from an opponent's graveyard. You may cast that card this turn if you pay its mana cost, exile it instead of putting it into its graveyard, right? Did I get it? Yeah. I, I went off memory. This is my favorite name of a card in the deck Dire Fleet Neckbreaker. What the hell? What's he do? He just like gives you a neck breaker? You should alter, alter this to have Ravishing Rick Rude on it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. 3 2 for black, red, 2. Attacking pirates you control get plus 2 plus. So when he attacks, he gets the bonus. Yeah. So he's he attacks as a 5 2, and everything else gets plus 2. It's good. Neat. Dire Fleet Poisoner. Ooh, doubles as a removal spell. 2 2 for 2. Flash, Death Touch. So you can flash it in and block and or. When Dire Fleet Poisoner enters the battlefield, target attacking pirate you control gets plus one, plus one, and gains death touch until end of turn. So you can flash it in and give something else death touch that's currently being blocked. So you can cast it on the defense or the offense. I like that. I actually like that. It's it's a way better version of... um... The snake that you like. Yes, Ambush Viper. Ambush Viper, that's right. Next up, another Dire Fleet guy, this time the Ravager. Black, black, three for a four, four, menace, death touch. Wow. Dank. When Dire Fleet Ravager enters the battlefield, each player loses a third of his or her life rounded up. Kind of a kind of a little mini synergy type combo with a future card in the deck. Not Dreamcaller Siren, though. Uh, no, do your piece on Sirens. Just get it out of the way. Sirens aren't pirates. Sirens kill pirates. That's what they do. That's what they've always done. That's what they'll always do. Sirens are not pirates. Except on Ixalan. Except on Ixalan. 3-3 three, three for 4, flash, flying. Can only block creatures flying. Don't care. When Dreamcaller Siren enters the battlefield, if you control a pirate, another pirate, tap up to 2 permanents. Eh. It's kind of removal. It lets it, it, it gives pot, gives pseudo-unblockable, right? It's all right. How about, yeah. a, how about a Fathom Fleet Captain? 2-1 Menace for 2 when Fathom Fleet Captain attacks. Lots of attacking here. If you control another non-token pirate, you can pay 2 if you do. Create a 2-2 pirate with Menace. How about Forerunner of the Coalition? 2-2 for 3. When Forerunner of the Coalition enters the battlefield, you may search library for a pirate card. Put it on top of your library. Pirate Harbringer. Yeah. Also, when it enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses 2 life. 1 life. That's what I meant. Whenever another pirate. Ah. The, I, you know what? Found it. There's the combo. That's it. Yeah, Brando, Brando gave me a quiet whispering. Yeah, yeah, and he just like yeah. gave me the thousand mile stare out the window. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's the fucking combo, hostage taker. Two three for four. When it enters the battlefield, exile target artifact until it leaves the battlefield. You can cast it as long as it remains exiled. Neat. This card is a quasi flavor lose for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Kari Zev Skyship Raider. One three first strike menace for two. When it attacks, you get a 2-1 red monkey named Ragavan that's tapped and tacking. Exile end of combat. Why in the ass is that monkey not a pirate? Yeah, with a little knife in his mouth and like an eye patch. He could have like a little pirate vest. He could have a little bag of loot over his shoulder. I want him to be wearing like striped coveralls. Yes, absolutely. It's not very piratish, but that's what I want. And only have like one tooth. One sharp tooth left. That's it. And it's gold. Definitely. It's just made of a coin that he's sharpened with a toothbrush. <laughs> yes, you can still see the little George Washington head on it or <laughs> whoever the is on the coins in Ixalan. <laughs> he's so good. 
Next up, we have Kite Sail Freebooter. One, two, flyer for two, enters a battlefield, opponent reveals their hand, choose a non-creature, non-land card from it, and exile it until Freebooter leaves the battlefield. So he O-rings something in their hand. It's pretty good. I don't mind it. Here's our first quasi Sarpazian dude. What the hell is this? This isn't even a word. Kukumsi Pirates. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to say it. There are that. no vowels in that word. Except for the U and the E and the A. And all of the vowels in pirate. Yeah, pirates is fine. But Kukumsa isn't a fucking word at all. <laughs> so 2-2 two, two for 4. If it attacks and isn't blocked, you can have it deal no combat damage and steal somebody's thing. That's Artifact in particular. That is excellent. A little bit of a non-bow with Admiral Beckett Brass because they have to deal damage. If he's one of your three pirates, you get you like you have to make him deal damage. But if you have four pirates, now you're talking. You can have the other three deal damage. Have your Kukumesa pirates not deal anything and steal two things. Now that is pillaging booty. Uh huh. Next up, we have a marauding looter. He's got raid, so he's a four-three for. Four with raid at the beginning of your end step. If you attacked with a creature this turn, that's what raid is. You have to attack. You may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. Lots of card draw, lots of attacking. I like where this is going. Pitiless Plunderer. So sick. Sweet combo card. Pick them up. One four for four. Whenever another creature you control dies, create a treasure token. Super sick. That's really good. No, I hate this card. I hate it. Rowdy Crew. Rowdy Crew, four mana, three, three Trampler. When he enters the battlefield, draw three. This is good. Then discard two at random. Hmm. Uh, Okay. Discard two at random. If the cards you discarded share a type, he gets two plus one plus one counters on him. So he's potentially a five, five Trampler for four. Yeah. But he's at random. Yeah, it's totally at random. And look at what's, what about this here? Didn't notice that before. He's also a mythic. <laughs> like, yeah, he only costs probably a buck, maybe, like a buck Canadian. They'll give him to you for free if you're in America because he's so fucking terrible. They'll but... give you money to take him from Yeah, you. just get this out of here. I don't, I'm embarrassed by having this card. Uh, F that guy. Draft environment. That's what I'm blaming it on. I blame lots of things in the draft environment. Like Ruin Raider. 3-2 for 3. Raid. So at the beginning of your end step... If you attacked, reveal the top card of your library and put it into your hand. You lose life equal to the card's converted mana cost. Uh, so that, that could be very good or very bad in this deck. Uh, Yeah, that's Dark Confidant Pirate. That's what I should have said. Yes. But we'll see why he could be very good or very bad later on in the list. Next up, we have Ruthless Knave. 3-2 uh, for 3. Pay 3. Sacrifice a creature. Create two treasures. And sacrifice three treasures to draw a card. I like that bottom part. We make lots of treasures in this deck. Yeah. We plunder lots of booty. <laughs> Moving on. How about Siren Storm Chaser? Another siren that isn't a pirate. It is a pirate. It is a pirate, but it's not a pirate. <laughs> it's a 1-1 one, one for one flyer. Good value in Commander. One, sacrifice, counter a spell that targets a thing that you control. Not a pirate. Stormfleet Spy. Ooh, I like this one. If you attacked with a creature, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. So it's a 2-2 it's a two, two for three. If you attacked, draw a card. Super sick. I like this one. Time Stream Navigator. Yeah. Okay, 1142 has Ascend. So Ascend is if you control 10 or more permanents, you have the City's Blessing. And you just keep it. Forever. Yeah, even if you don't have 10. So you can pay Blue Blue 2, tap, put Time Stream Navigator on the bottom of your library. 
take an extra turn. You how, can o- you can only activate it if you have the city's blessing, but we don't care. We're always going to have it. How many cards do you think it would take for di- us to just do that every turn? There is actually a combo in the deck that lets you do this. It's a three-card combo. Oh. And you literally don't even need to attack if you have a fourth card, that forerunner of the coalition. And she gets haste and everything? Don't need haste. I'll explain in a second. Last Ooh, card, Wily Goblin. Now, red, red. 1-1. One, one. Goblin Pirate. When he enters the battlefield, get a treasure. Not actually the last card. That was the last pirate. Oh, last pirate. That's right. We have a few non-pirates, and these are more enablers and things. So we'll kind of bang through two of them real quick. We'll stop and talk about the other one. That's a god of the sea. She's the god of the sea. A. B. She's a 5-5 five, five for 3 with indestructible. She got devotion to blue. Don't care. You're going to have five blue things. She'll be a creature. You can beat wholesale ass with her. At the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. Super good with that Ruin Raider to not hit your eight drops because <laughs> we have those. And also, super good with Admiral Beckett Brass. Blue one, target creature you control can't be blocked. It's pretty good. Make yes. sure you get your pirates in for damage. Exactly. So you've got some flyers that are going to get in for damage somewhere. You can give your non-evasive ones unblockable with... Thassa, God of the Sea, or Keeper of the Keys. When Keeper of the Keys enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. And if you're the Monarch at the end of the turn, you draw a card, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so at the beginning of your upkeep, so the next turn after you play this, if you're the Monarch, creatures you control can't be blocked. It's very good. Good with Admiral Beckett Brass because you attack the person, you attack whoever, and then you just steal their best thing that they're going to hit you with on the crackback every turn because they're not going to have any attackers to steal the monarch from you, right? If you're dealt damage by a creature, that person becomes the monarch. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just steal their creature so they can't hit you back. Neat. Speaking of dirty combos, like we mentioned earlier, yeah. and things for value when they enter the battlefield, let's talk about uh, Deadeye Navigator. So a couple things here, okay? He's got Deadeye in his name, and that is certainly a um, pirate-sounding word. Also, he's on a boat, and he has a tricorn hat. Those are all piratey things. Most importantly, though, he's got soul bond. So when him or another creature enters the battlefield and they're not soul bonded, they be- they can become bonded. And he also has, whenever Deadeye Navigator is bound to another creature, both creatures have blue one, exile the creature, then return to the battlefield. You blink it. So this is what you do. Deadeye Navigator. Soul Bond to Forerunner of the Coalition while you have Time Stream Navigator in play. And remember, you have searched for your Time Stream Navigator with your Forerunner of the Coalition. You pop your Forerunner of the Coalition, you pop your Time Stream Navigator, put it on the bottom of your library to take an extra turn. Blue one, blink your Forerunner of the Coalition and search for your Time Stream Navigator. Take your extra turn, draw it, play it. Where's the haste come from? Because you got to tap and you got to tap the uh, time stream navigator to activate its ability. You attack with whatever and draw cards off of raid triggers, and then you go into your next turn, right? So you've attacked, you've drawn cards from your raid triggers, you cast your time stream navigator again because it only costs two to cast. Oh yeah. And then you take your extra turn. It doesn't have summoning sickness any longer because it's your extra turn. You tap it, take an extra turn, flicker your forerunner of the coalition, attack. Draw cards off of raid triggers. You draw your time stream. You play it. Did I navigate her, man? Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, moving along. We should go into the what? Where do you want to go from here? Let's do instants and sorceries because we can bang through those pretty quick. Okay, fast as hell. Here we go. We have Cyclonic Rift. Bounce a thing or bounce everything? Fiery Cannonade. Deals two damage to each non-pirate. It's a mini wrath. 
Hero's Downfall. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Spell Swindle. That's fair. Mana Drain. Uh, A.K.A. five mana counter spell that gets you mana equal to the cards converted mana cost. In Treasures. Now let's talk big mana stuff. Blatant Thievery. For each opponent, steal a thing that they have. Insurrection. For each opponent, steal everything that they have. <laughs> Boneyard Parlay. Pick five creature cards in graveyards. An opponent separates them into two piles. Steal one pile onto the battlefield. Exile the other pile. Let's just make sure that we mention that those three cards we just did are seven, eight, and seven mana. A little bit of a nonbo with your um, Ruin Raider. Yeah. But with Thassa, you can scry them if you... Or the explore guy. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, at the end of the day, so, like, they can win you the game right now. A hundred percent. All Bo of those cards will potentially win you the yeah. game. Boneyard Parlay, maybe not. Insurrection, high percentage of the time. You play Insurrection, you win the game. hundred percent. And if you take, whatever, if you draw it and take eight off of your Ruin Raider, but then you win, eh, it's not so bad. Yeah, who cares? Chart the course. Two mana. Draw two cards. Then discard a card unless you attack this turn. Raid on a spell. March of the Drowned. Oh, it's got pirates right on it. Black. Return a creature to your hand from your graveyard, or return two pirates from your graveyard to your hand. Open into Wonder. Blue, blue, X. X creatures can't be blocked this turn, so you can get in and steal. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. There's a good draw card spell. Stolen Goods. Oh. Four mana. Blue, three. Target opponent. Exiles cards from the top of his or her library until he exiles a non-land. Until in turn you can cast it without paying its mana cost. So you steal shit before they even get it. Yeah. I love this one. Walk the plank. Destroy target non-merfolk creature for black black. That's what's sweet on it where like the dude's like on the plank and there's a sword in his back and the sharks are circling like in the movies. Yep. So fucking cool. And the last one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Of walk the plank, it's notable that in Ixalan... Merfolk actually had feet and legs, and you could make them walk the plank, but they are really good swimmers, so they wouldn't die. So they just get away from the sharks or what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or they're friends with the sharks. Sharks are their buddies. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I wish I had sharks that were my friends. I'd give them freaking lasers on their heads. <laughs> You're the worst. Last card. Right of Replication. Oh, ask Sean from Commander's Brew about Right of Replication. <laughs> so good. Wins you the games. Super good with Dire Fleet, um, Lose a 30 or Life Guy. Marauder? Sure. Marauder, yeah, whatever his name is. Also super good with Time Stream Navigator because you just take five turns. Yeah. It's it's not a combo just like um, the Dire Fleet loses the 30-year life guy. In theory, though, taking five or six extra turns, usually you're going to win. Yeah, it gives you time to, to find your blatant thievery, your insurrection, or just attack five times and steal five things. Like if you're stealing the best thing five times, eh, you probably run a high percentage chance to win just saying you're in good shape moving right along into the enchantment section Ooh. we have got one of my favorite cards coastal piracy okay let's see four mana enchantment whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent draw a card now let's talk about this card for just a second super value right Ab absolutely it is it's just like another card we're going to talk about later but this one illustrates what we were talking about before where you can't be a fat pirate because there's a super jacked pirate throwing a great big fat guy off the boat. Yeah. Illustrates our point right on the card. You got to be fit, man. Next up, we have Kindred Discovery. Coastal piracy, but better. Way better. Yeah, so it's five mana instead of four, but when it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type, pirate. Whenever you 
cast a pirate. Sorry, whenever you have a pirate enter the battlefield, it doesn't even have to cast. And whenever a pirate attacks, it doesn't even have to hit you. Draw a card. And they got that pirate that makes pirates. When yeah, it attacks, yeah, yeah. you attack, draw a card, make a pirate, draw another card. So sick. Crazy. So whenever you attack or fight. We have Vance's Blasting Cannons. It's four mana. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast the card this turn. So it's kind of got that like chaos draw that red seems to get now. And whenever you cast your third spell of the turn, you transform it to... It flips over into a Spitfire Bastion, which is a land. Tap for a red or red to tap. It deals three damage to target creature or player. Has that been errated to hit Planeswalkers? I'll bet you it hasn't. The errata is Spitfire Bastion deals three damage to target creature or player. It's the worst. How about Revelin Riches? Ooh, I like this one for all the treasure we be making and plundering. It's five mana. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you get a treasure. Cool. So that's another treasure maker, especially when we're starting to kill stuff, like with Spitfire Bastion and shit, right? Okay, so at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control ten or more treasures, win the game. That's pretty good. I so like it's kind of like an alternate win con type thing. A little bit of a non-bow with Beckett Brass because instead of killing creatures, you're stealing them. But eh, eh, I'm fine with either. It, it works fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure lots of things die. And if somebody else wraths all your pirates away. Yeah, if somebody else wraths, it's going to hit all of the other creatures that you don't control. So you're going to get your treasure tokens anyways. Exactly. exactly. So speaking of, I guess not speaking of, but our boy, Bo Lever, we haven't really talked a lot about him. Other than the sweet story. Other than telling his story, he's actually on our last enchantment, which is Planeswalker's Mischief. Like Planeswalker Fury last week with Lord Windgrace, this one is actually on flavor. You played Planeswalker's Fury last week just because it had Windgrace on it. Correct. This one is legit on flavor. So, blue two enchantment from Planeshift. For, for blue and three, target opponent reveals a card from their hand at random. If it's an instant or sorcery, you can cast it without paying its mana cost. But if you don't, it goes back into their hand. So you sort of steal something? You and sort then... of steal it. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's an analog or like a, a comparison or a or an analogy of Bo Lever's, I don't know, his story, his remorsefulness that he couldn't save his daughter. And he's giving you back what he took from you if he can't use it. Yeah, all right. Mm. That's fine. Mm. I just keep it. Stop being such a bitch. Bitch lover. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on to the artifact section. We have, we mentioned this a little bit earlier when we talked about coastal piracy, Bident of Thassa. Yeah, that's number three. So whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. It also has blue one tap. Creatures your opponents control attack this turn if able. So you make them tap out on attack. That essentially makes your stuff unblockable as long as you don't die, right? And if you're the big threat, though, it could it could turn into a real beating for you. I suppose. Yeah, like, if you're first or second in this situation, you could just eat a whole plate but if, of shit. if you're the big threat, you got the big blocks, right? Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. So, I don't know. Just be careful with it, I guess, but it's good. All right. We also got a Conqueror's Galleon. Conqueror's Galleon is a giant sailing ship. It's a 210. When it attacks, at the end of combat, exile it and transform it, and it comes back as... It comes back as Conqueror's Foothold. A land, it taps for a colorless, or two tap, draw a card, discard a card, four tap, draw a card, or six tap, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Jeez, that's kind of like Staff of Domination on a land. Or yeah, a Trading Post. Conqueror's, foot, or Conqueror's Galleon isn't technically a pirate card. It is a boat. It's a vampire card. 
and I guess in the flavor of Ixalan, the pirates used to take their like their towns and villages, build these great big boats out of them, sail them across the ocean to another town, ransack the town, burn it to the ground, and then use their boat to build a new town there. And that is the Conqueror's Foothold. Neat. So that's just kind of neat. Vampire conquistadors. They're kind of like um, the Spanish people. Like Cortez and stuff. Yeah, I was thinking of like Christopher Columbus or people that like went to the Philippines and like took over all the Philippines. I don't know. Cortez wiped out the Aztecs. It's basically what uh, the Conqueror's Galleon does. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What you said. <laughs> Next up, we have the Consulate Dreadnought. 7-Eleven for one. <laughs> what? Crew six. That's okay. Fine. Whatever. It's a one drop. Door of Destinies. It's a Door of Destinies. Yeah, choose creature type. Creature types get bigger when you cast other creatures. It's good. Dousing Dagger. Two drop equipment. When Dousing Dagger enters the battlefield, target opponent creates two zero twos uh, plants, right, with Defender. Yep. Okay, fine. Also, equipped creature gets plus two, plus one. I don't know how, to, how a dagger gives you defense, but sure. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, transform it. I'm going to explain why it gives you defense in a second. It transforms into Lost Veil, which is a land which has tap at three mana of any one color to your mana pool. Gilded Lotus. Yeah. Okay. Daggers are defense because if you're fighting with swords, as pirates do, it's easier to move a shorter blade much quicker, and so it's good for parrying larger weapons. That's why pirate swords are all one-handed. Yep. So you could also hold a dagger. Correct. What about your teeth? That's where the dagger gets held. That's for the extra stabbing. You can have one in each hand and one in your mouth. Do you hold one in your butt crack? Maybe. Maybe you're going to drop the one that's in your mouth or in your hand and you got to get that butt crack dagger out. Yeah, that's a last resort, but totally worth it. Just careful when you pull it out. Absolutely. <laughs> careful what you pull it out with. Because if you can pull it out with your mouth during a sword fight, you're going to be in big <laughs> trouble probably. This is what you do. You get somebody down on the ground and you make them pull it out with their mouth. There we go. See, if we were still going to GP Vegas to beat Wholesale Ass and Attractable, that's something we could have threatened them with. I'm nodding in approval. <laughs> Very excellent. Next up, we have the Dusk Legion Dreadnought. Another vampire card, but it's a giant boat, so we're going to pretend it has, has pirates. It's a 4-6 Vigilante for 5 with Crew 2. Only Crew 2. How about Fell Flagship? It's a pirate boat. 3-3 three, three vehicle for 3. Pirates you control get plus 1, plus 0. Whenever you deal combat damage, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, they discard a card. I dig that. So, you know what? I don't think we mentioned what crew is. For anybody who doesn't know, crew three, for example, or crew one or crew two, whatever, crew X is tap any number of creatures with total power X or more. And then it becomes a creature. So really, it's just a boat sitting there until you crew it. And uh, for for fell flagship or whatever, you could just tap a three, three because it's got three power or more, and then it becomes a creature you can attack for three. Important to note, and I abused this a lot in Kaladesh Draft, if you have creatures that just have tap triggers, you can tap them the turn they come into play because the artifact's ability is tapping them, not themselves, and if you have a whole bunch of them, you can just over-crew a vehicle just to tap all your guys. Oh, that would be relevant sometimes, I guess. I use it in Grimlock or in the draft environment. There's that 1-1 one, one for 1 black that whenever it taps, you drain. Oh, yeah, yeah, And you'd have, let's just say in my case, four of them in a smuggler's copter. So you drain them for four, then hit them with a smuggler's copter. <laughs> it's, it's a clown copter. He's <laughs> packing as many dudes in there as you can. Exactly. It's wonderful. You know what else is wonderful? The art on Predator Flagship. Yeah, that's a flying boat with guns. Lasers. So it's five mana legendary artifact, two 
No taps here, just two. Target creature gains flying until end of turn. So you can give your own guys flying. Get them in there, steal some shit. Or five, tap, destroy target creature with flying. So a total investment of seven lets you just off any creature. I dig that. How about a prying blade? One mana equipment, equipped for one. When equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a colorless treasure token. That's it. It just steals something. It's like one of those little butt crack daggers that they whip out at the opportune moment and kind of just give it a wiggle, and boom, they steal a treasure. Tonight, my dear, it's your money and your life. That's on Highway Robber. Yes. uh, How about Sovereign Council Flagship or Sky Sovereign Council Flagship? Here's a mythic for you. 6-5 vehicle that flies for 5, so we're doing okay. Crew 3. Wow. That's good. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Whenever Sky Sovereign Console Flagship enters a battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls. I wonder why they were made that so specific. When do you want to bolt your own guy? You know what I hate? My Garrick. I'm totally going to bolt my own Garrick. F that guy. Play Garrick. Bolt him. Yeah. Who would ever do that? It doesn't bolt your own thing. I know it doesn't, and it specifically says that it doesn't. But why does it specifically say that it doesn't? Oh, I understand what you're saying. Like, why did they bother making that distinction? Uh, So it doesn't... To keep words off the card, because they don't want you to be able to bolt your own creature. Because that can be beneficial sometimes. How about the Sleek Schooner? Sleek Schooner. Just like the 10-cent coin in Canada. 4-3, crew 1 for 3. Sick. I like it. Yeah. Sol Ring. Sol Ring. Thematic Compass. Two drop. Pay three. Tap. Search your library for a land. Put it into your hand. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have seven or more lands, transform it to... Spires of Arazka. That is tap to add colorless or Maze of Ith. Untap an attacker and it does nothing. And remove it from combat. Yeah. Very good. Next up, Treasure Map. Two mana. One. Tap. Scry one. Put a landmark counter on it. Fine. If it has three landmark counters, make three treasures, transform it. And it transforms into Treasure Cove, which has tap for a colorless, or tap, sack a treasure, draw a card. So I think you scry, 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 make your three mana back, sack, draw a card. I actually like it. It, it seems kind of like do nothing or dirtily, but scrying's always good and drawing cards is always good, especially when you order them in that order. And they're on a land. Uh, what you said. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, we have a Vanquisher's Banner. Five mana, choose a creature type. Those creatures get plus one. Whenever you cast a creature, draw a card of the chosen type. Excellent. Now, there's no Planeswalkers in the deck, and I'm going to call you on that one because we could have Angrath Minotaur Pirate. Wh- why? Two things. You used Angrath the Flame Chain last week, and I don't want to keep everything too samey. The other thing is, is I don't think Angrath Minotaur Pirate is that great. Six mana, comes in with five loyalty. His plus two is deals one damage to target opponent and each creature they control. That's meh. It's fine. Maybe a token deck or you get like random one ones here and there. His minus three. If it was a minus two, oh baby. But it's a minus three to return target pirate card from your graveyard to the battlefield. We got some sack outlets. Stuff's going to die. We want to get it back, but not for six mana. Like Mm. I'd literally play Zombify for five mana sorcery before I play him because it costs less. And then his ultimate, you'll never get to because you got to plus two him like a hundred times to minus 11. 
destroy all creatures target opponent controls, and then Angrath deals damage equal to their combined power. It's really good. Yeah, yeah it's so good. <laughs> it's really Super good. Super high top end, but the uh, the key there is top end. It, six mana. I want to cast, like, it seems funny, but I want to cast Deadeye Navigator for six, not Angrath. Yeah. It, I guess it's not funny. It's just like that. It's. It, I think it's better. It's just a better play, yeah. You can't even doubling season and then just kill a guy. Yeah. Because like, yeah. So they know how good it was. And I think that was the Planeswalker one, wasn't it? And that those Planeswalker decks, they give you like a shitty version of the one that's in the actual set. That is correct. So f you, Angrath. Yeah, we haven't effed anybody in a while. F you, everybody. <laughs> so a couple stats here. We like to do a little bit of stats. Thirteen card draw spells. Actually, I I don't think I actually included the flippy lands. So like fifteen card draw spells. Targeted removal. We got nine things that give you treasure tokens and a soul ring. Like, I think that's probably, you can count that as ramp, Absolutely, right? in this deck, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Kind of suffers from Zata effect, but remember, there is about 86 pirates that we could choose from. You could, but would you? Um, there's probably some that fit into the aggro strategy or the, con- the control strategy a little bit better. I think this is kind of like an aggro deck. I think it's got some early game, like turn two, three type plays. And then turn four, you just swing for the fences. Start swinging for the fences with Admiral Beckett Brass, and you can kind of stretch out the game because you can start to steal stuff. And uh, you got that longevity with all your card draw. Exactly, and it never hurts to 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 find your Dead Eye Navigator or your Writer Replication. No ways to search for them because I I didn't want to include the tutors other than the pirate or the vehicle tutors just for flavor, but. With 15 card draw spells, you can find them in Red Replication so good. It is. Yeah. Strengths and weaknesses? Strengths and weaknesses. So budget strength. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that in a hot second. Lots of card draw. Talked about that already. Lots of stealing and disruption. Stealing's like a two for one, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're getting something and they're losing something. If you have re- repeatable two for ones, that's really good. Every time that will get you there. Yeah, starting on turn four. That's very good. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Weaknesses. A little bit underpowered. Yeah, the Zata effect is real. You also don't have any recursion for your guys, so That's board right. wraths will absolutely bend you over. And and the aggro problem, right? Like, I mean, that that, that just makes it so your long game is a little bit weaker. And that's where you're going to notice the underpoweredness. Like, you're going to steal maybe one or two things with um, Admiral Beckett Brass. And then if somebody can kind of, like, air quotes, stabilize, you're going to have a tough time unless you kind of curve into some more removal with your card draw. And here's a... I'm noticing this with dinosaurs when we talked about them, because they were a smaller tribe when we talked about them. Mm -hmm. But they're all big swinging dicks. And lots of them, like a tolly or the, the voice of hunger, they can all come in and make a big difference all by themselves. Yeah. Whereas these pirates are small and kind of weenies and they don't really make that I think that that's why they, they, they stapled all the abilities onto pirates to counteract that. You know what I think? Okay, so I'm pirates, you're dinosaurs. I, I pseudo curve out. I get to steal your first dinosaur. Okay, fine. The next time I attack, you've got a blocker, so I can't hit you with three pirates. Or I can't attack profitably because I only have three pirates and you've got a dinosaur that blocks one of them. Then you get another dinosaur. All of a sudden, I can't do anything. I can dinosaur on dinosaur you. That's a one for one, really. And there's, so. there's not a lot of lords here either. You have like one lord that increases your toughness. Like a two, three mana earthquake is going to ruin you 
Whereas yep. a lot of these other small tribes, like merfolk, like elves, like maybe goblins, dinosaurs for sure, they're going to survive that earthquake, and you're just going to be ruined. Oh, yeah, the Neckbreaker gives plus 2, plus 0 oh to attacking pirates. He's he's the lord that they got. The other tribes in Ixalan got plus 1, plus 1 lords like normal. And Be- I mean, Beckett Brass makes them bigger, too. And there's a pirate ship that makes them bigger in the front, too. Yeah. But they suffer from the same thing as our slivers from last week, where their toughness is very low. But they don't have all that regeneration stapled to them with the slivers. We need the regeneration pirate. Yes. Yeah, that's what we need. Okay, yeah, I uh, I think. The last the last weakness, or it could be a strength. I mean, maybe you can speak to it. You've had a stealing and copying deck. This deck, if you steal your opponent's shit, is as good as your opponent's deck is. If that is very powerful, your deck's more powerful. If it's very crappy, like if they're playing like worm tribal, I, worms are bigger than pirates. I, I can't even say that. <laughs> you can get. <laughs> I noticed with my that's your late game. Stealing things is your late game. I suppose when, when yeah. you run out of bombs and you run out of stuff, as long as you can still steal their best thing, you can disrupt the guy that's playing lots of pieces in their strategy, or you can just steal the Voltron guy's thing. I got this. I'm going to I'm going to flip what I said before. Okay, so you play early game control with all of your pirates that have like O-ring stapled to them and draw cards stapled to them. Amass some pirates, drop a Beckett brass mid to late game, steal their stuff, then you control the board with their stuff. In pirate talk, that would be the little schooners going around. You're chasing them with the one pirate ship, shooting at them with their guns to make them steer around the island. And around the other side of the island is your two pirate ship buddies who are going to oh, pillage yeah. the booty, steal all their crap, and sink their ship. Yar. Speaking of booty, only 118 booties to buy this whole deck. What? Booties is money. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> 118 bucks to buy it. Now, check this out. Only cards over $5. Cyclonic Rift, Door of Destinies, Insurrection, Kindred Discovery, Thassa God of the Sea, and Treasure Map at 501. So six cards over five bucks. Cut them. Zero cards over 10 bucks. Yeah, you cut those five those five cards, $68 deck. Who are we, Commanders Brew? Oh, I feel dirty. I feel dirty. Uh, Want to throw in a dual land? Like, can we just put an underground sea in here? Yeah, Tabernacle. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, no, no, no. What I did say, though, and we're not going to make any suggestions, because either play more pirate cards or play more tribal cards, which really is just more pirate cards. And they're all cheap, as evidenced by $68 of deck. If you wanted to increase the power level, particularly for your early game, because it is an aggro deck, you need to have an early game, get your cons fetches and get your Ravnica shock lands, Mm. right? Maybe your pain lands too, like whatever lands you can get on the cheap, because we're already running like the check lands and... um, I don't think that you want to have any come into play tap lands here. You want to hit your one drops. You want to hit your two drops. You've got five one drops. Play them. Make sure you can play them. You've got 14 two drops. Make sure you can play them. Hit them, yeah. Yeah. Three drops. I think there's 11. And four drops. You need to cast Admiral Beckett Brass on turn four and hit with pirates turn four or five. So, I mean, you could cut maybe a, like one of the pirate ship vehicles and replace it with another ramp artifact like a like a signet or a um, or something or or the um the, the three drop 5 5 crew vehicle that taps for a uh, any color yes i yeah. know the one you mean we talked about it earlier but i forget what yeah, it's yeah. called yeah doesn't matter you all know what it is anyways i, I think admiral beckett brass got to be turn 3 or 4 
I think the critical turn has got to be four because as soon as you get her, you can steal the best thing on the table. Then the next best thing. Then the next best thing. I think that's how you got to play the deck. Looking at it, 295 lists on EDHREC.com. She's the 11th most popular Grixis commander. Yeah. She's underneath Mishra. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, how do you think that makes Bo Lever feel, being under Mishra? He wrecked his ship and his town and his daughter and ruined his life. And he's still got more lists. Dang. That blows my mind, because Mishra is such a build-around card. How is there not only one deck? Maybe because Admiral Beckett Brass is, like, newer? I don't know. Yeah, she's pretty new. Mishra, by the by, is when you play an artifact, you can search your hand graveyard and library for an artifact that has the same name and play it for free. So as soon as they put in a Scarecrow that works like Relentless Rats, by God, Reaper King's going to be <laughs> awesome. But until then, he's not that good. Uh, there's there's cool builds around them. Anyway, she's the 11th most popular one. Average converted mana cost, 3.45. Right where you want to be in an EDH deck? Yeah. Um, I would say if you're going to cut any of those expensive cards, find the one, two, and three drop pirates so you can drive that converted mana cost down so you can be a little bit more aggro-y. Four-man pods? Yes. Yeah. You're not going to do well in a big game here because there's too many wraths flying around and you have no way to rebuild efficiently. Yeah, that's right. So here's where we took a hit on the spice formula. Zata effect. There's only so much pirates to go around before you start choosing the same one as every single other person on tapped out in EDHREC.com. Or you're playing the shitty ones because you want to not pick those ones. Your yeah. deck sucks now. Yeah. 17 unique cards from this list to the stock list on EDHREC.com. Ooh, that's not the best. Combine that with our two tutors... One of Whoa. which can give us infinite turns. Okay, cool. Spice rating. Ooh, 29. Dude. Not super no. spicy. We gained a few points when she has less than 1,500 lists. She's got less than 300 lists. That's cool. That's neat. I mean, not many pirate tribal decks floating around out there. Yeah. Floating. <laughs> you did it too. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> so, spice rating, 29. Should we do some milk list? We switched them. Usually we do the milk list first, but we're being piratey with butt cracks and stuff. And what we do with that, do before that? Card of the week. What you said. I think for this week's card of the week, we should go semi-pirate themed and go Conqueror's Galleon. I love Conqueror's Galleon. I think it sees play in Doran decks, right? Because it's a 210. Oh, yeah. So it would be a 10-10. When you attack with it, okay, fine, it deals 10 damage to something in Doran, but then you flip it. If you don't and you just want to use it as a blocker, you got to 10 toughness blocker for four mana you can crew it for four attack and then it flips and i think one it, when it flips is when you get all of your value out of it right and then you got your drawing cards you got your discarding cards it's very good it goes in lots and lots of decks i play it in dinosaurs oh yeah uh, just because it lets you filter those cards get rid of the dead draws right you know what i think is overrated for sure you can filter you draw a card and discard a card for like one mana you know what i think is the best is two tap draw then discard and what is overrated is the six tap return something that you discarded i don't know it's lots of mana to do that but you always get what you want with it right and i think that's important every so often you'll have six this is edh eventually you're going to have six mana kind of kicking around doing nothing and if you can get back your best thing or whatever i mean it's never going to hurt and it's some recursion which this deck does desperately need yeah, for sure. You could potentially steal like a Thran Dynamo or a Gilded Lotus with your Admiral Beckett Brass. Or a Sol Ring, even. Or, or like, oh, a bunch of Sol Rings. Yeah. You could have all the mana. And then not put them back in anybody's hand. Ooh. Oh, that'd 
That was good. I like I like what I did just then. So that's Conqueror's Galleon. 210 for 4. Super cool. Lots of utility. Ixalan card. 43 American cents. 43 Canadian dollars. Pick them up. Milk list. Everybody loves the milk list. As per EDHREC.com. This is the most commonly played card in each converted mana cost slot in the color combination of Grixis, or Grixie as the French say, blue, black, red, starting at the zero drop slot. I think we're going to get a bunch of douchebag asshole loser. Oh, absolutely. This is gonna... I'm better than you because I'm playing blue, black cards. This is going to be the Jessiest of all the milk lists. Oh, God, I hate Jesse. Nephew Jesse. Stupid. Zero drop slot. Pact of negation. It begins. And so it begins. <laughs> We're not playing that one, though. Sol Ring at one. Yes. Of course. Cyclonic Rift at two. Yes. Our trend is continuing. Chromatic Lantern at three. No. Solemn Simulacrum at four. No. Gilded Lotus at five. No. Not technically, but we do have that land. Whatever. Flare of the Hatebound at six? No. Neat. Cruel Ultimatum at seven. Nope. Oh, my God. Nope. Nikki B. Planeswalker at eight. Nope. Blasphemous Act at 9. Nope. Jingataxes Korogger, that dick, at 10. Nope. Temporal Trespass at 11. Nope. It the Betrays at 12. Nope. Emrakul 2 at 13. Nope. Dinkmouth Infusion at 14. We could play it in this deck, but we're not. Emrakul 1 at 15. No. Draco 16. No. Uh, only two. That's good. We did all right. And they're the two that, like, they saw Ring, obviously, except for last week. Yeah. And uh, Rift. Cyclonic Rift, like, of course. Yeah, it's like the best blue card in all of EDH. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, good milk list. Um, not so good on the spice calculator. That's the deck. What do you think? I'm going to ask you a question Uh-oh. before I tell you what I think. Now, listening to the story of Bo Lever, if I was to read that and you were to say, Brando, build me a theme deck around that, I would do blue-white merfolk life matters. <laughs> Bo Lever sacrificed his life to save the merfolk and his whole quest throughout his whole human and I don't know maybe part of his planeswalkery life was to bring the healing back so that his daughter could survive that's what I would go with wow next level so that's like another thing we could have done we can't really do pirates that way but then you get to do another tribal deck and your tribe survives a volcanic fallout Ark of Planeswalker 2.0 <laughs> the next level the next lever. Huh? I like that. I like that one. That's a good one. Real quick, because we're cramped for time. Contest rundown. Auction for wedge by Skuma Alters rundown. Final thoughts of the day. Give it to us. The Kenrith Twins giveaway will happen in two weeks at the end of the Ark of the Planeswalker. Also there is the auction for Manasaurus's very own wedge with the Skuma Alters super sweet one-of-a-kind pink Sol Ring. It's pricey but worth it it's a one-of-a-kind piece of art that you can actually use for something and that's really cool you don't see those every day all the details for that are of course listed on the facebook page but you can like us there follow us there that auction ends tonight so again i'm not going to go over times because we're in the time zone nexus that is saskatchewan and i have no idea what time it is where you are but go in check it out at the last minute maybe you can sneak an auction in there and crush somebody's dreams but follow us around on social media. Check us out. You'll be entering to win some Kenrith Twins. We'll be giving those away in a couple of weeks. Edges Auction tonight. Check those out. So thanks to everybody who's been following us on social media and our patrons, of course. Uh, new content is in the works and on the way. And we're really excited for our next arc. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody involved, especially you guys, because uh, you don't have to go through all the trouble of building a deck every week. 
But we do, and we love doing it. Uh, speaking of building decks every week, as for this one, I really like it because it's an aggro deck. It really feeds into my wheelhouse. Also, it's super fragile in its aggro, which kind of also feeds into my wheelhouse as of late. It's a little-known story about a little-known planeswalker who's a super cool guy because he's a pirate, and pirates are awesome, and thus, pirate decks are awesome. Plus, it's super low-budget. You could probably just go to your trade binder, find most of these because they're jank, build the deck, play it, love it as much as we do, and then let us know. And let everybody else know that you heard about it on Commander Cookout. Speaking of things you're going to hear about Commander Cookout, we are going to be back next week with another janky planeswalker and a non-tribal build on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Yar, har, har, har.